You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. This is another Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. They normally put on a bunch of sick shows all year long, and they also host one of North America's sickest metal festivals. Trust me, people, I've played them all, and Heavy Montreal Montreal is up there with the best of them. But now, due to COVID, sadly, there are no shows. So in order to stay in contact with bands that they love and with the Montreal fans, they are now behind the Vox and Hops podcast, and I'm super stoked about that. You only have a few days left to pre-order the Vox and Hops Overhop Canada collab brew aptly called Vox and Overhops. This is a double dry hopped New England IPA, which will be available as of November 21st, and I'm super stoked about it. You only have up until Friday to pre-order, and with that pre-order, you get a sick-ass t-shirt, which will be printed at The Imprint here in Montreal. They are my favorite local merch company. They make the best products, and I love them to death. So super stoked. Pre-order your Vox and Overhops collab brew and the sick-ass t-shirt with it. You have a up until Friday, people, and you can do that via the pre-order page on Overhop Canada's website, which I have put that link in the description of this podcast. On today's episode, I am with another legend from the extreme metal scene today. I am with Kevin Sharp of Venomous Concept, Primate, Lockup, and of course, Brutal Truth. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 194. <laughs> I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Kevin Sharp of Venomous Concept. He uh, just released a record with them called Politics vs. the Erection, which came out via Season of Mist on August 28th. He's also a member of Primate and Lockup. He was in a very uh, influential band called Brutal Truth and in Damaged. How are you doing, Kevin? How are you coping with 2020? I'm having the time of my life, man. <laughs> Everything's so <laughs> so exciting. You know that is that a tingling in my arm? Is that is my arm numb or am I having a heart attack? I don't even know. <laughs> but it's so exciting. <laughs> How has it been as an artist to 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 be able to just go on hold? How has that been for you? It's a nightmare. Uh, a lot of people don't understand. Um, you know, because I, I guess I guess I've never been asked this question. That's an interesting thought. Um, you know, uh, guys like me and Shane, we've been on tour since like the '80s, and and with him, um, it was always full on nonstop. Whereas, like I, at a certain point, stopped doing music full time, like you know, touring eight ten months out of the year, and then had started adding other elements in my life like work elements and that sort of thing so yeah so i ended up getting my own carpentry business it takes care of things while i'm you know not you know dividing up the worlds you know and uh and but like for people like shane you know like he's been on tour since like 1988 so like sitting at home for six months 
I mean, you don't understand like how everyone's climbing the fucking walls, man. Being a touring musician, you're 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 just so constantly used to being somewhere new. Albeit that new place is often a very familiar place that you've been to before, because uh, touring cycles tend to repeat themselves. Uh, but it's always you're always on the move. It's always new. It's always fresh. And to be trapped in one place can be very challenging well i mean from from my perspective like my kind of touring because when i go on tour i i also sell the merch it's the last vc tour i'm uh tm'd brujeria vc aggression aggression and who else was on that ah my mind escapes but i i i tour manage but but you know the the thing is is that like i I grew up doing that, so like I'm at a point now when when I go places and go on tour, there'll be people that I've known for years who've come and hung out at the merchandise booth and stuff like that, and so like I've developed kind of a strange relationship with multiple people everywhere, you know what I mean. And it's what's really cool about being old as fucking dirt is that like nowadays they'll like bring their kids to the show and it'll be like their 16, 17 year old kid. And and it's like you, you all of a sudden realize that, that you've become a part of these people's world. You understand what I'm saying? So uh, for me, it's like, you know. It's not even just the bands and the friends and bands and, and the, the concept of, of, you know, what your day at work looks like. It uh, has to do with, like, the majority of my friends are not here. So even though there's no real quarantine, I only have a handful of friends here. So all my friends are everywhere else. And and there you go. <laughs> and, and, that, and that is true. That, that's sad. It's, it's, it's something that we, we have to cope with as a part of this this pandemic is, is being isolated from those people that we're so used to hanging out with. And uh, as you mentioned, are part of their world. You're, you're a big part of their world, which is very interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like it's like, uh, you know, Shane is is like the closest thing I have to a brother. So, like, you know. I, when I'm over there, I like to go and see his mother Anne and his sister and uh, and her husband. They're like really cool people, and uh, you know, so you know these are like the these are my cares, and they're not, you know, it's sort of like kind of weird, you know, you know, you worry about them. They're just like family to me, you know. And then there's the big question mark of when are we all going to be allowed to get out back out there. Which makes it even harder, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't really talk about it because the Internet's a strange thing. But, like, you know, we'll be recording again soon. Sick. Um, but this is a different kind of record altogether. And there's also another demo for another record after that, which is even weirder. It's like uh, space punk rock kind of like you know you could easily see some of the older elements of, of uh you know helios creed meets like uh butthole surfers kind of thing very interesting is this for new projects no this is for vc we just decided to to, to like you know we went with a, some, some uh other elements on on the current record you know just to kind of push in directions that we wanted to go in with the band you know and uh 
I think the record that we're recording next it, it has a lot of melodic stuff to it as well, like like in a Husker Du sense. Of, you know, I don't know whether you're familiar with Husker Du. I am not, sadly, no. Okay, so, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, it, it, it's like old school Midwest hardcore band that, that ended up doing melodic things, and I guess the, the person you would know would be Bob Mould. Do mm-hmm. you know Bob Mould? That was his old hardcore band when he was a kid. So very cool. So, very cool. A, a little bit melodic tendencies like that, which, which is just like noisy melodic stuff. But but you know, we just decided that like you know we're old, we're set in our ways. We like the music we like, and you know, hopefully other people will listen to it. So you know, and we tell and we tell some jokes along the way. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you enjoy it and you're having fun. And uh, as you mentioned that down on this new record, the uh, politics versus the erection, you you guys uh, sort of teased, sort of uh, tested the waters of this new direction. Do you think that bands have to do that? They have to put out that middle record before just going into something new? Do you think that helps the transition? I don't know. I mean, because like we were, uh, we were asked deep in the in the record that we're about to record, like demoing and and passing things around for a minute, and uh, and at the last minute we were like, why don't we just do like a spontaneous record, like something impulsive, and not really plan anything about it, and and the next thing you know, I I'd like book some flights over to. Um, to Birmingham, and we went in and recorded the basics for this record. So we we had a rough idea what we wanted to do, but like a handful of riffs, you know. But all of that stuff is four days in, you know, just walking in four days. They would be off in the other room, like throwing riffs around, and then I would be thumbing out like some patterns, and then formulating some some ideas for for lyric and stuff like that we wanted something you know because like back in the 80s like part of the charm was with with the analog recordings and stuff like that that there was good is good enough you know what i mean and some of the if you're if you want to talk about metal records and stuff like that like you know the early possessed record and, and that kind of stuff like was like you know or even like Creator, you know, like Pleasure to Kill and stuff like that, where they just run out of steam at the end of the song, and you know that like they're just playing beyond their ability. And it, a part of that for me is is the charm, is is the imperfection, is is perfection to me. You know what I mean? Like I I don't like the way digital recording has created this culture of edits and people emailing kick drums over. And I think that sometimes it's the mistakes you can catch the urgency in it that's why those records are classic when you listen to them i mean think about how many great records came out in the 80s you know and they how chaotic they but that's because the chaos was a part of the sound so yeah we wanted an urgent chaotic sound absolutely and, and uh, writing a record in four days uh, can definitely bring a sense of urgency <laughs> you know, but you know the thing strangely enough like when shane or i are in a special world uh, we'll just fire off records like we just finished a, a lockup EP and uh, and are mostly done with the, the record so I mean it's just like sometimes like if, if one thing is certain in this crazy pandemic whatever you want to say I, if anyone out there doing music I'm certain they're coming up with the craziest shit 
So, I mean, I know it sounds stupid, and everybody always says, like, well, at least we'll get a good song out of it or something like that, man. But, you know, there's something about fucking utter crisis that that is easiest to tap into creatively, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. It's one one good thing that came out of 2020 is everyone has the time and the, the, the influence of the, the uncertainty to, to put themselves into a creative spree. Yeah, no, exactly. Because, uh, you know, like I said, like, you know, Bill from Mastodon, uh, like, I, me, we, me, Bill, and, and this dude, Tom Tapley, built a studio over in Westside. And, uh, and at any rate, like, uh, you know, so he's been, like, completely submerged in writing Mastodon stuff. So, like, you know, I... And I know that those guys, well, as well as uh, Brent is also doing like a West End motel thing. So those guys are like, I know that like everybody I know, Christian whores, all those dudes are everybody's like on fire because it's just like, you're right. What else are you going to do? You can't really go out. May as well sit there and ride a riff. <laughs> no excuses, people. Exactly. Get first. off your ass, man. <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out uh, with my metal friends, talking about their life, music, and craft beer. Uh, right when we kicked this off, uh, before we started recording this, uh, you mentioned that you, you're, you are now dry. Did you want to talk about that? <laughs> I, I pandemic responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the opposite of most people, actually. Nah, you know, yeah, you know... I I would just say that my life got super busy. Everything's like, uh, you know, I when I was younger in my twenties, if you would have even said like what where I would be at in my fifties, you know, like <laughs> I, you have no idea like like what that story is. And now that I'm here, I'm absolutely confused. <laughs> but uh I would just say that that like I had these ideas that everything would be slower paced or whatever, you know, and and, and uh it's far from it. So just in general in terms of just like being present with the, the family and situations and that sort of thing, I've just put it on hold. But I do enjoy the the I still like the taste of beer it just doesn't have any alcohol in it and then when my life chills out and i'm able to uh unwind a little bit then we'll we'll talk about ipas and stuff then <laughs> <laughs> so you're drinking a a non-alcoholic bex it's a bex zero i believe it's called yeah but i mean uh, they make much better ones over in europe though mm-hmm. absolutely uh, i was telling you my sound guy jb he was like a exercise guy and just didn't like getting drunk on on tour and uh and he turned me on to him he'd just show up from the sound like walk around and he'd be like here try this and i'm like what is this and no it's not alcohol you don't drink right and i'm like yeah and i'm like god this tastes like beer it's <laughs> <laughs> sick that's uh, the, the 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 evolution has been amazing for myself i'm going to be cracking open a hop man from Overhop canada they are a Brazilian-based brewery that has moved up here. They kept the one down in, in Rio de Janeiro, and now they have one up here in Canada, in Montreal. This is a uh, New England double IPA. Clocks in at a nice 8.5% ABV. I love uh, 
the the Pac-Man <laughs> ripoff where he's eating hops and has to avoid the corn. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yes, avoid the uh, corn. T- bad hops. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> t- tell me a little bit about how that first tour when you did make that decision. I, I know for for myself, going from being someone that really enjoys beer and it becomes like a part of that social aspect after a show. How did you cope with that? If you mind talking about that. What, with the not, when I quit drinking? Exactly, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, like, honestly, just for me personally, and I think it's like the the way with uh, cigarettes or any kind of real habit, you either, you're either done with it and put it away, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like I think if, um, if I didn't really want to stop drinking, I would, I would, by all means, wouldn't I? It's not like I blew my pancreas out or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. like trying to keep my uh my crisis is in order you know so um you know and it's not a big deal to me i mean like uh, if it was i would i would pop a beer and it would probably in avery yeah damn yeah i it i i had like one of the best times in my life at that brewery it was it was a, it was one of those magical days i was there with dave witty <laughs> It's always Dave Witty. I love, I love how many times his name comes up on Vox and Hops. I, I love it. <laughs> it's always going to come back to him, man. <laughs> and, there, and there was that time with Dave Witty where we got the all-day pass. They gave, us a, they gave us a golden ticket, man. We showed up there. It was like kind of like a... It was a beer festival kind of thing. And all the local breweries out there would... Uh, you know, have all these gigs and stuff. And we went out to Avery, which was just outside of Denver. And, um, it, okay, first of all, set it, setting it all up, you walk down and you, and you pass a DeLorean workshop. <laughs> like there's three or four DeLoreans in, in the garage and you're just like, where am I? You know? <laughs> and they gave us this, this, this band that says give me piss and you could just like say and order whatever it was on the house it was all day sucker it was incredible can you imagine i can (laughs) we were so pro about it though we had like we'd we'd go through one and then we would drink like a water yeah and then we'd eat a little bit of food and we just went we went about it like the long for the long haul and uh, we, st- I want to say that we were there like maybe eight hours. Wow, <laughs> professionals. Oh man, and 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 I had one of those uh, what the the fifteen uh, pumpkin one. You know what I'm talking about? I do actually. Yeah. The super cave. Oh man, it was so delicious, man. It was like right off the teat. <laughs> amazing <laughs> let, let, let's uh dance into to back when you were young yes young um growing up in the, your your parents or guardian's house what music was playing when you were not in control of the music what music did your parents or guardians listen to oh uh you know I, my folks are kind of heads you know they, they listen to like carol king and war and all that kind of shit that was going on you could three dog night whatever you know all this <laughs> you know that was the thing and also really heavy um into the making sound the capricorn stuff you know wet willie almond brothers blah 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 that kind of thing that being a southern thing that's kind of like 
our church, you know, our Led Zeppelin, you know. We would, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, uh, I stumbled into things totally haphazardly. You know, I was downtown with my mother, and she went off to go do a thing, and I was at this local uh, spot called The Varsity, and I was watching, and she told me to stay put and watch TV. It was like a fast food joint that had, like, a bunch of school desks that all faced a TV. It's like total American, you know, just eat, <laughs> eating your fast food hot dog in front of the TV, you know, in a school desk, you know, <laughs> hilarious, you know. Next um, to other people that you're not communicating with. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody's communicating. They're watching the, the old TV boxes. Yeah. And the uh, boob tube. <laughs> and there was a venue called the 688 Club down the street. And I saw some weird looking dudes with like a mohawk walk by and I just walked out the door a couple doors down there was a a, a, a show with uh, Corrosion Conformity uh, Neon Christ and DDT which were you know it, Neon Christ and DDT were kind of local like hardcore things you know and uh, you know I popped in there just for a nanosecond and it was just like a virus you know <laughs> I, I knew I was uh, I knew I'd found my people so um, but you know Atlanta was different back then you know like there was there was the metal scene there was the hardcore scene there was a the skinhead scene a punk scene or whatever the drag queen scene you know RuPaul and those you know and uh, and we all kind of were in the same spot Hmm. All sharing the same, like outcast. all sharing the same air, and it, it was it was kind of I don't know. That's probably where I uh, was gifted tolerance, you know, accepting people and for different thinking, you know. That's awesome. It was like a small little microcosm in a bigger city. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I mean, you got to think. You know, it was, it was early ish, mid eighties, uh, and very conservative Atlanta you know nobody lived in Atlanta they it was like Baltimore you know they all lived out in the suburbs and stuff like that and worked in Atlanta you know recently everyone migrated back to the city but back then it was <laughs> a playground <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mentioned a little bit about uh, the the uh, how modern recording sounds uh, are missing the urgency and the 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 human esque aspects of it. What what else has changed uh, for the better or for the worst in the metal scene, in your opinion? I would say the div the political division. It's it's toxic and it's, it's all bullshit to me, man. I mean, like I remember when I was a kid. In that scene that we were just talking about, uh, back in 1986, they had a Democratic convention down the street from from the punk rock venue, and, and, and the, the mentors broke down like the month prior to this thing, and they built out a stage because they were stranded or whatever, and they're staying at the Metroplex, and uh, and Paul would put them to work, and then they drink half their pay at the bar then that <laughs> night, you know. And so we were never getting rid of the mentors, but they built a stage for the anti-democratic convention. And uh, that was the time when uh, Rob Lowe got busted uh, shagging the, the underage punk rock chick. 
Holy shit! Yeah, but this was a different time. He would have been he would have been completely drawn to quarter if it was current situation. One hundred percent. But you know, he attributes that incident to sobering up and getting his shit together. So I mean, I guess it's it is what it is. You know, but but at any rate, like uh, you know, it was always the the alternative community because that scene was the reggae the all of that you know um was all anti-political you know it's where i came from man it's, it's just like it's not red or blue both both, both parties are fantastically inept you know, yes. <laughs> it's it, it's incredible that that, that 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 they're in charge of such an important thing. Absolutely, yes. I mean, if you sit there from a conscious thinking human and think that any of those clowns care, or that they're any really different from one one another, I yeah, they are. Oh yeah, oh oh my god. <laughs> Don't get me started. It's a comedy, though, man. It's it's a, uh, it's it's a tribute to the marketing genius that is Trump. I mean, he's terrible at business. He's terrible at so many things. But everyone underestimates how great he is at marketing. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's branded that image. You know, he has a way of doing business where it's just sort of leasing his name out. You know what I mean? And, like, he's a sick genius in that world. Like, in a total criminal mind. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But, but, you know, whatever. It's no different than Mitch or or Nancy. What a (laughs) Paul. Oh, my God. I'm just, okay, so we could spend days laughing at how... It, grim everything is because it is fucking grim right <laughs> it's pretty dark and, and we, you know but us as artists we have to uh laugh laugh and keep keep feeding the world with, with but that's what i'm sad i'm i'm sad at, at both my left and right friends for behaving like retards these i mean like i mean that's a terrible thing to say i back that up man but you know what i mean they're acting like I, I don't know. I don't know. Like uh, that whole division thing, that's the biggest heartbreak, man. That and the, the whole advent of, of social media must be, uh, is a huge difference. On the it's that scene. attack culture. You know, you want to, you want to attack someone because, you know, maybe you don't feel so good about yourself. I don't know. I'm certain there's some Freudian noise for what's going on, but I, I, I honestly think that if everyone, if everyone just tuned out, you know what I mean? Just tuned out for a minute, man. Like, put down your Facebook. Put down your, you know, your. Like we're fed CNN or Fox twenty four seven. It's a steady diet of garbage, and you know they create their little music to go with it. And it's how to sell it, how to market it, and then watching everyone believe it. It's incredible, man. What a machine. It is, and then the, the people that are running these whole campaigns on the sides are loving it. <laughs> oh, and you, they're the only ones that win, you know. <laughs> I mean, you could we could sit here and talk about the tick for tack of whatever, you know. We need to hire them to promote our bands. That's what we need to do, Kevin. Okay, so at any rate, so back to the record, whatever. There's a concept in there called Vote Clown Party. Actually, we recorded a song for Decibel Flexi. 
on uh, that's outside of this recording. But uh, at any rate, vote clown party. And the concept behind that is 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 uh, you know vote the person in office out, whoever party they are, and vote for the other one. You know, vote them coming out, like because it's just like they're all guilty of not getting things done. It takes two people to communicate, and if you have different ideas, then you have to figure out a way of communicating. It takes two people to do that. It's embarrassing the way they behave. As any good relationship, it needs to go back and forth and, and, and through a communication, but it's very hard to communicate with an entire nation. <laughs> well, it's not even necessarily that, but, but because the message has been sold as the only concept of, the, of their campaign, you know? You know, I, I thought of something the other day that was really weird, like... Imagine if they spent a fraction of the money that they spent on advertising. These, the, and all the advertising is basically them just saying, I'm less evil than the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, they, if they spent a fraction of the money on fucking the mess, mm-hmm. instead of trying to, you know, perpetuate their career. Absolutely. 100%, yes. And short, in short, that's how I feel about politics. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I totally agree about that. But, you know, I, 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 get, I get a lot of heat, you know, from the record, from this, that, and the other. Who d- don't seem to understand that, like, the, but it doesn't matter because people just... You, you must have not been surprised about that, too, with, with the, the album artwork. Well, yeah, but... but the I name. Mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> the but... The time I, that it came out. I had, well, I mean, it was all a vicious storm, really, because the record was recorded a year ago, just like... Wow, okay. As, as it was the circumstances of, of, you know, everything snowballing into a point, and then the pandemic hit, you know, and then, then and that put everything on ice for a minute, too, you know, so... And it was really ironic and uh, almost like strangely uh, prophetic some of the songs in there because it just exploded right in front of my face like you know six months after I tracked it you know wow and it's just like (laughs) oh my god man another one yeah exactly (laughs) I don't know okay so you know you know Brutal Truth right of course yes okay so there's a there's a record called Sounds of the Animal Kingdom and on the back of it there's a, a target on the World Trade Center, you know what I speak of? Absolutely, yes. And then two years later, and you're just like, uh, yeah, I'm going to just <laughs> step back out of this one real quick. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even want to think why that happened. But there's been like a couple of things like that with the bands that I've been in where you're just like, man, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't put put forth an image or a thought <laughs> like you know like especially <laughs> if you don't want it to come true <laughs> jesus yeah yeah the, 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 with all that in mind how did you feel uh, when you released an album during a pandemic and you can't tour it what, what were your thoughts about that i you know i can't help it it's like uh you know it, it's music is still what we do so like you know we're about to finish recording the next vc record i'm work i just finished a, a lockup ep and working on that record um i mean it's weird you know i know we talked about like you know like uh, pe- people that live on the road and then all of a sudden there is not the road you know so um it's uh, just uh, you know you had, it's like a little taste of of what you you are 
you know, being able to record music. So I know a lot of people are recording because of that. And that's why you see all these little virtual things where Charlie from Anthrax is playing drums with this, that, and the other and stuff like that because they're just trying to operate. And you, you know what I mean? And and it's hard. It's not easy. No, it's not easy to a to survive when you're you're you know you have your next yeah, yeah. two years of income just out the window. Oh, exactly, and, it, and I you know, and I know all sorts of uh, you know techs and sound guys and this that and the other that is they got just the worst. Gonna, it just, it's and it's just like no love at all from our you know government in terms of these workers. No love to the clubs. Shout out to for the nomads, which is a charity that's been set up by a crew member for crew members it's a they've been doing really they've raised thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars for crew members so shout out to them exactly but i mean i would say that just everybody's in hard times even if bartending's your thing you know what i mean um there was years and years and years that i ran bars you know what i mean and at some point i decided i won't didn't want to be up all night and that's when I started doing more carpentry work and, and doing that kind of thing. And had I stayed in that world, man, I would have been devastated right now. Absolutely. And then there's also the side for artists that we are so used to being on stage and having a relationship with the crowd and doing our art and then getting that those goosebumps, you know? So how have you been feeling that need? Because it is a real humanistic need. Actually, for me, it's... Um it's gonna sound weird or whatever, but but like it's like a character that I dial into that like you know I remember bits and pieces of gigs, but I don't really it whatever comes out is just that's how it is. Is it like a, another personality, or is it more like something that you you have to put on? To me, it's the only way you could really describe it is is like a you know your alternate personality. I can understand that for sure. And and it, it it allows you for that time that you're on stage not to be uh, cluttered with your everyday thinking. It's a, it's a, it's a time for me to, to uh, be not be myself for a minute and breathe a little. So you, do you miss that or you or just going into the studio? Does that cover that? Yeah, me? dude, it, it comes with damage, you know, like it, it's like the whole experience. Everyone has their own stories from it. Like, you know, I I remember work. I worked every day after they shut the whole city down. It was super, super dawn of the dead shit, man. Like I was driving around and there was no one. That's yeah, weird. Eh? You know, I was out there and uh, and I'd be on what's called Peachtree Street, which is like, would be like Madison Avenue or something, you know, just like, you know, where everyone should be. And I would be driving along. I'd see like one car every once in a while. Crazy. Montreal is still quiet. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man, it, and it does a lot into your brains because it's a time they were like, if you touch this, you're going to explode. And if you do this and, and finally I just turned off, that's when I just told everyone to fuck off and turned off the, the <laughs> Facebook and uh, you know I had a, a, a good friend of mine who passed away and you know a lot of people you know when they post all that rest in power shit and stuff like that you know they, they, I know that they're just like fans saying goodbye but like it just you know I like was sitting there watching it and it was like it's like Facebook is just like a fucking political ad for an obituary you know 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just like, I don't want to read about deaths and I don't want to read about politics either, man. That sounds like a total boner killer to me, man. Absolutely. Uh, I recently had Dan Lilker on the podcast and he mentioned that he was not a part of this Venomous Concept record. Do you want to talk about that? Is there something you'd like to say about that? No, there's nothing really. I mean, Danny was just like kind of like wanting to dial back for a minute. You know, I, I don't know exactly what happened with the whole Brutal Truth thing, man. He just called me up one day and was like, you know, like, um, you know, I'm retiring. And I'm like, uh, okay, that makes no sense. I don't know what that means, but go ahead. And uh, so, but he does stuff. He does some nuke stuff and and this and the other. But, uh, you know, uh, with Shane and I kind of want to just do shows. You know what I mean? And it doesn't, like, like Dan wouldn't fit in that model you know because he's like you know he's very tall and touring for him is uncomfortable same thing with barker you know i can imagine yeah you know it's you know the physical toll of doing that for multiple years (laughs) and being excessive as fuck (laughs) you know a bunk is only so big yeah exactly exactly when you get a bunk yeah exactly so um yeah, I think that that's kind of what it was for Dan is it just became difficult for him to like, and he, he likes to be comfortable. So being home is good for him. And um, I, you know, I, for reasons I just explained, I need to go talk to that guy who's the alternate side of me from time to time. It keeps me sane. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely, completely understand that. The yang to the yang. Yeah. I need to talk to that gorilla soon. <laughs> <laughs> to get it out. To get it out. Exactly. Not, it, exactly. it would come out on the other side and so, it would ruin your life. Exactly. So until then, I'll just record it, every random thought that comes out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Being so busy, where where do you get all the inspiration from? And obviously from Are the world. Shit? Are you <laughs> shitting me? Just like, look talk, around. <laughs> like it, from a social aspect man if if you you know from the study of a human it's such a spectacular time to be alive if you just look see everyone's so busy yelling at each other really not even listening there's no listening going on and therefore there's no respect going on and and uh, you know i may be old school in in that thinking but like that's what's going on everyone crawled in their basement and started yelling at each other you don't think like I think. You're a fucking jerk. Yeah, yeah there's no uh, debating anymore. No, and there's no, and there's no, okay, there's no being okay with someone having a different opinion on something. That's the biggest thing. Opinions are free, man. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, we could all have a lot more friends if we just open up a bit. <laughs> well, you, you know, all, outside of all the noise, I'll tell you, man, like if your house burns down, uh, you know, you never know. The Trump supporter next next door might help you uh, pin up your wall. Why? Because he's your neighbor. Everyone's forgot that whole concept, man. Nobody listens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you so, so much for taking some time having a chat with me i really really appreciate it i normally wrap this up with a hangover cure you don't get hangovers anymore but but when you did get a hangover what what would have been your hangover cure a fucking mamoon's falafel there is (laughs) there is no greater comfort food known to any kind of vegetarian because i've been a vegetarian or whatever it's i used to live on Mineta street directly behind mcdougall's 
original like Mamoon's falafel shop and uh it was it was just legendary you can talk to in in numerous people uh, i was having a conversation about it with carla gell the other day man because uh he lives well he lives in north carolina now and i and and they opened up a Mamoon's in atlanta and I took a picture and I sent it to him. He <laughs> was like, oh my God. Because it was an incredible amount. Like three of five nights would end at this place cramming a waffle in your face trying to get your shit in order. By far, hands down. Man. That, that I never had them, but people swore by them. The, kab- the kebabs. It's just kebabs there. They're beef kebabs. Awesome. But, um, oh yeah, falafel. You gotta sop it up. Try and get your shit in order to find the key to the hole. You know what I mean? I do. (laughs) Kevin, thank you. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Everyone go check out the new Venomous concept Politics versus the Erection. Came out via Season of Mist on August 28th. So it's out there right now. Go check it out. He's got some new lockup coming up. I'm stoked about it. You guys should be too. Cheers, Kevin. Thank you so, so much. Thanks so much. Stay safe. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great chat. Super insightful. What a very, very smart individual. I love having chats like this, taking me in different directions, uh, exposing me to some thoughts that I wouldn't have had. So I honestly greatly appreciated Kevin taking the time to have a chat with me. Go check out that new Venomous Concept record that came out via Season of Mist. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. It is a powerhouse of a record crafted by an extreme super group i'm all about it i'm also very excited about that new one that's coming up he just dropped one and he's already got two more in the bag i wish that i was on the ball as much as they are if you enjoyed this vox and hops episode you should most definitely go and subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice i have over 190 other great episodes for you to go back and listen to Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.